Ladies and gentlemen, we present Ernest Fontwell and The Motoring Experts, written by Laurie Wyman and starring Frank Thornton. How do you do? My name is Ernest Fontwell. Well, I wasn't really expecting that vital piece of utterly useless information to produce a tumultuous round of applause or the band of the Grenadier Guards, but... However, a slightly bemused expression on your faces indicating, mm, never mind, perhaps you'll get more interesting later on, would have been nice. <laughs> After all, I am here to help you to combat the various experts who attack us Ernest Fontwells whenever we want to buy, sell, or have anything done to anything. Give any of the experts an inch, and they'll charge us a fiver for measuring it. <laughs> Last week, I told you how to deal with the building experts and how to defeat them. This means that I won't be able to get a tile put back on my roof, even if there's a monsoon and a hurricane at the same time. I shall now cut my own throat again and tell you how to defeat the motoring experts. It all starts when you decide to junk your second-hand bike and buy a second-hand car. <laughs> Having trouble? Oh, no. As long as I don't want it to go backwards or forwards. <laughs> Have you tried driving it sideways? <laughs> uh, no, uh, perhaps you aren't in the mood for weak jokes. True. If only there was a cliff near here, I'd push the brute over it. Didn't my mate an unfortunate? Tried to start it on the handle, and that turned out to be a do-it-yourself hernia kit. Oh, well, uh, I won't waste any more of your time. Originally, I was interested in possibly buying it. Ah! Ah, well, a snip at the price, sir, a snip at the price. Only one careful owner... Just used for the odd bit of shopping, I believe. Full MOT until next Thursday. <laughs> of course, what fooled him when you walked into his yard was the fact that you still had your bicycle clips on. Now, he's rumbled that you might sign a cheque and relieve him of this heap of nuts and bolts. He's one of the experts that lie in wait for us Ernest Fontwells. Before you know it, he has you inside the little wooden hut he has the infantry to call his office and signing higher purchase agreements. At the same time... He's pouring sawdust in the sump to stop the exhaust pipe creating a pea soup of fog and giving the battery a booster charge that's so massive it has the cells doing the floral dance. <laughs> Halfway home, your proud possession goes... <laughs> so you get out, use the key to open the bonnet and discover an engine entirely covered in sawdust and old oil. You try to start again and all you get is... nothing. But, from out of nowhere, another expert is there to help you, from the AA. Having trouble, sir? Oh, no, as long as I don't want to go backwards or forwards. <laughs> Have you tried driving it sideways? <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, perhaps not. Uh, you are a member, I take it, sir, right? Not yet. I've only staggered a mile and a half. Ah, well, uh, in that case, sir, I happen to have the forms. So if you'd like to sign here and uh, give me a cheque, I'll see what the trouble is. And if I don't sign? Then it's been nice meeting you, and the nearest garage is 14 miles that way. <laughs> Sir. And being a twit and a fontwell, we sign. He then effects an immediate repair. There you are, sir. All part of the service. But what was wrong? Why couldn't I start it? You'd put your car door key in the ignition keyhole. That's why it wouldn't turn. <laughs> that little piece of expert information has clobbered you for another few quid. 
But you will receive a boring magazine that nobody reads, even if you leave it in a dentist's waiting room. I always read it. Who are you? A dentist. <laughs> I might have known. However, you are now the proud owner of a mechanical heap and a pair of useless bicycle clips. Having washed and polished the rust, you take your terrible mistake to a garage for a service. Morning. <laughs> yeah, I think you've made a mistake. The breaker's yard is next door but one. <laughs> Actually, I want a 3,000-mile service. Oh, 300,000 more like. <laughs> yeah, who sold you that? The Victorian Albert Museum? <laughs> I was assured it was in perfect running order. Yeah, and so was the bloke who sold it to you just as soon as he got your cheque. <laughs> the first two-minute mile straight round to the bank. <laughs> Mind you, you're lucky. How? Well, there's nothing wrong with this car that money won't put right. So, being an earnest Fontwell, we get a brilliant idea. We'll push the car back and part exchange it for a newer model. To your utter surprise, the chap who sold the disaster to you was no longer with the firm. He's probably a chauffeur for a Mr. Ronald Biggs in Brazil. <laughs> but the new car sales expert is much more helpful. I'm so sorry you are disappointed. But, of course, you only get what you pay for. Pardon? <laughs> How does the idea of having a newer... Model, grab you. Pardon? Oh, yes. Yes, uh, that is what I had in mind. Well, I'm sure I can accommodate you, sir. I never doubted it for a second. <laughs> what had you in mind? Well, something younger. Which really gets you going at the times when you... Uh, well, perhaps I'd, I'd better inspect what you've got. <laughs> oh, I see. You are looking for something in our sports section. I thought I was talking to it. <laughs> Actually, I, I was looking for a really reliable, and I stress the word reliable, family car. Oh, in that case, you'd better have a word with our Mr Simpson. He deals with all our imported cars. And half an hour later, you are back on the road in a car with inscrutable headlights and a tendency to commit Harry Keary if you get overtaken by a British car. <laughs> but at least it is reliable. Well, most of the time. Uh, having trouble, sir? I see you are a member of the AA. Well, yes, I am. It, it, it just won't start. I see, sir. Well, I, uh, I happen to have the forms here, so if you'd like to sign here and give me your cheque, I'll see what the trouble is. But I'm already a member. Of the AA, granted. I'm from the RAC. <laughs> and if I don't sign, I take it the nearest garage is 14 miles that way. 13, actually, but most of it is uphill. <laughs> so, once again, we sign. And now have a car that can hardly get its nose out of the tarmac for the weight of badges. 14 cars and a hell of an overdraft later, you are the proud owner of something on wheels that is the envy of your neighbours and the ruination of yourself. Unfortunately, the electrically driven windows completely drain the battery, so you have to hire a car whilst the battery is being recharged. Now then, sir, uh, if uh, we could just complete this form, we'll soon have you back on the road. Now, uh, I've got your name and address. Uh, could I have your profession? I am a thespian. <laughs> no, not religion, sir. Profession. Actor. Oh, really? <laughs> I thought you had a funny voice. Uh, well, uh, that buns us straight up a cul-de-sac, doesn't it? Why? Well, the insurance companies don't like actors, rogues, vagabonds or vicars. Won't touch them. Unreliable, they reckon. Still, um, there's uh, got to be a way round it. Uh, now, um, did you have any decent job before you became an actor? Yes. Oh, then we're there. Um, we'll put you down as that. Now, what was it? Paperboy. <laughs> Do your uh, 
You're not taking this very seriously, are you? Right, um, I'll put you down as a news agent, no problem. Now, if I could just have your signature and your cheque... And that is the way to recognise an expert. All they ever want from you is your signature and your cheque. It is about now that the unbeatable Mrs Ernest Funtwell strikes. The one expert that no Ernest Funtwell can beat. I've been thinking, um... What's your... Ernest. Oh, yes, of course. I keep forgetting. <laughs> what we really need is a second car for shopping. It would be saving in the long run, darling. How? Well, I've got it all worked out. With the second car, I could get the shopping done in half the time, so that would leave me time to take a job, part-time, and that would help pay for the second car. That is the sort of women's logic with which there is no argument. <laughs> Unless you want to lose it. Tell you what, dear. Why don't you go and see that nice gentleman who sold you our first car? <laughs> Having trouble? None at all, sir. I'm just trying to drain the battery. And succeeding, I gather. Oh, oh, it's you, sir. I thought I recognised the bicycle clips. Well, <laughs> my, uh, my, my wife has my car today, so I thought I might buy one for her so that I can get mine back. Ah, now, if, if you were thinking of part exchange, that might be a bit tricky. There's just no demand for the sort of car you bought from me. Can't shift them at all. Got one in the yard. Nobody wants the perisher. Been stuck there for months. I know. I recognised the number plate when I came in. It's the one you sold me. Ah. Ah. Uh -huh. uh, of course, uh, they don't make them like that anymore. <laughs> Run forever, these engines. Ideal for a second car, that model. Wish they still made it. I could sell 40 a week. Notice how the expert rumbles that he's found a mug and rapidly moves from total despondency to wild enthusiasm on the off chance that he can pile the same load of rusty nuts and bolts on you a second time? Of course, it has had several very careful owners since you parted with her, and fully maintained, of course. As long as you brake carefully and always park in a side street, the worn tyres won't matter a bit. <laughs> and with the longer evenings, you won't be needing the side lights too much, will you? <laughs> no. Supposing I do, what happens? Blue flash and the car stops dead? Ah, ah, I was forgetting that you had been one of the careful owners. <laughs> Silly me. Perhaps you'd be happier with one of the other fully maintained cars in our more superior range in the backyard. Every one a snip at the price. And being a Fontwell and not wishing to disappoint the little woman, you end up the proud possessor of an even more expensive load of rusty nuts and bolts. However, there is the consolation that you may be able to use your car when you want it and the cost of the second one is only three times the cost of the wife hiring taxis. There is only one snag. Driving the brute home, you decide to have a quick one with the lads in the local to celebrate your new purchase. And as soon as you leave the car park... Excuse me, sir. Your side lights aren't working. Would you kindly blow into this bag? And after a rather sordid court case, you don't need a second car for at least a year. This means that you will have to be driven by the wife, complete with such gay banter as, uh... Oh, I'm in reverse. I've been thinking, uh, uh, what's your name? Ernest. Oh, yes, of course. As I'm having to drive you because you've lost your licence, why don't you employ me as your chauffeur? Perhaps you could claim me off tax or something. That way this car could cost us nothing, and we could sell yours and show a profit. <laughs> As I said earlier, that is the sort of women's logic with which there is no argument. I did also say, unless you want to lose it. But in this case, you've already lost it. 
Two days later, your car has gone and the wife has a fur coat to match the upholstery in her car. <laughs> Eventually, you get tired of being bounced from drain hole to drain hole in her old heap, so you buy her a brand new car with every conceivable extra. Afternoon, madam. Where's the fire? Oh, I'm sorry, officer. I've only had the car two days. I know, madam. I booked you for speeding on both of them. <laughs> I thought I recognised your cap and whistle. How nice to meet you again. I think I want to die. Another mile or so and you would have done, sir. Your wife was doing 40 miles an hour. But this is a motorway. It's a 70-mile-an-hour it's limit. Granted, sir, but we had to risk our necks chasing you. You're heading south on the northbound carriageway. <laughs> I definitely want to die. Now then, madam, if you wouldn't mind blowing in this bag. And several rather sordid court cases later, you don't need a car at all. For at least a year. So take my advice. For pity's sake, stay at home. Don't move. That was Ernest Fontwell versus The Motoring Expert, starring Frank Thornton as... Uh... Ernest Fontwell. They asked me to hand you this. Oh, thank you. Uh, I'm sorry to interrupt, but here is a motoring flash. Drivers in the vicinity of Broadcasting House are warned that Mrs. Ernest Fontwell is back on the road, and you're advised to avoid the area around... I just thought I'd pop in to pick you up. How terribly kind. Are you going to back out or go through that wall as well? <laughs> You've been listening to Ernest Fontwell versus The Motoring Experts. The part of Ernest Fontwell was played by Frank Thornton, who was battling with Patsy Rowlands, Gordon Clyde and David Tate. The programme was written by Laurie Wyman and produced by Geoffrey Perkins. Perkins.